Welcome to the Level Heads Podcast. Tonight, we have the greatest trim carpenter that has ever trimmed a carpentry, whatever that means. We have Spencer Lewis tonight of Insider Carpentry. Uh, we know how to have fun on a Friday night. It is late night with the Level Heads. We talk to Spencer about, he talks about how to price a house. He talks about how he got into the full custom trimming um, and how all that works. He talks about how he shares his skill and uh, all the things that got him to where he is on YouTube and on Instagram. If you're not following him, give him a follow. He's going to share it. And he talks about why we're all better builders than Al Hammett. Check also, it out. He also talks about how he's going to dress in drag for Christmas dinner. <laughs> you're going to want to listen to that one. And then I want to give a uh, big shout out to our sponsor, Anderson Windows. Um, we, uh, me and the boys had uh, the privilege to go out and tour their factory uh, last week. And uh, I personally was blown away. 66 acres of efficiency and um, really fun stuff to see. And uh, some of the stuff that they're uh, coming up in the future. You were literally uh, almost blown away at the R&D factory. Literally, yeah, yeah. The engineering phase of it. I mean, I was blown away all the way through the patents that they hold, um, the the care and the time that they put into research and development, and um, and just the overall family atmosphere um, that I felt with everybody that we met that worked uh, with and for Anderson. Great trip, great time, and um, like we said before, we all use them, we love them, and um, I'm, I'm now more impressed and uh, couldn't be more happy to have them as our sponsor and use them and. Um, have my clients use them in the future so thank you very much anderson and uh we had a great time well i've been looking forward to this good so really we. we've been looking forward to this yeah. you're harder to yeah. wrestle down than a rodeo Good bull luck. it's been a busy year it's it's been a busy year i haven't i definitely did not forget but uh it was a crazy summer and end of the year so thankfully it slowed down a little bit so we're big, here yeah big al has got thing. you pretty busy on those are some pretty detailed houses that you guys are doing now yeah they are he's keeping me busy and then i'm sure you saw i bought bought the shop this summer so that was the that was really the huge thing it was working jobs and trying to set up a shop by myself at the same time so that's that's a lot of work that's insane how do you like that new shop i'm loving it it uh it's been a long time coming and uh yeah it's a lot of fun i was working out there today and you know it's peaceful enjoyable there's plenty of room now and uh it's working pretty good but it is a lot of work setting up a shop i'll tell you that oh, much yeah. I can only imagine before we get too I, I, far we got to tell our listeners who we're talking to if they haven't right. if they haven't figured it out already we are talking to <laughs> none other than spencer lewis of insider carpentry with 116,000 followers on Instagram, a quarter of a million subscribers on YouTube. Those, that's who they are. That was wow. who was clapping just now. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, you guys' technical abilities are, are really impressive. <laughs> Let me give you a secret, Spencer. Sorry. That was preloaded on this thing, and I just pushed the button. <laughs> Zane's con- Zane is yeah, constantly well, getting I'm... calls from Hollywood ever since we started the podcast. Oh, yeah, I bet. Yeah. I bet. I'm always harder, harder I... to reach. 
I have been listening. Um, I've been listening to most of your your episodes, I'm sorry. and uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get it together tonight. Tonight's the night, Spencer. Yes, I hope you're better builders than you are audio technicians. <laughs> let's put it that way. <laughs> what are you trying to say? This is my future. <laughs> Don't hang it up too. Is yeah, there a lot of no, uh, good. turn up the volume, turn down the volume, turn up the volume, turn down the volume when, when you're driving in the van? Dance, dance. Oh, sorry. it's not too bad, but I, I, I've done enough with video and audio that I know it's, it's a pain and it, it there's a learning curve there. That's for sure. Well, all that magic. Yeah, it is, my friend. Zane does all that magic. Cause I, I good. fell into this cause I was the only one that knew anything about anything. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. And Zane, yeah. you're doing yeah. a bang up job. Oh, was that serious? <laughs> yeah. Case in point. That's good. <laughs> All right, cool. Spencer, uh, tell well, for th- for those that don't know, tell us what you do. I uh I'm a finished carpenter. Um yeah, just a new construction trim subcontractor. That's what I've been doing for about probably the last getting close to 10 years. Uh, I've been in the trade since I was 16. So literally as soon as I could drive, I was swinging a hammer, um, fell in love with it then and uh, did a lot more. I was more like a Jamie. Whenever I started out, I did everything, worked for um, a couple different companies that did everything. So could be roofing one day, finished carpentry the next day, concrete, demo, everything. So that's what I cut my teeth on and then started in business doing nothing in particular, but just general remodeling. And then I realized that I wanted to niche down into finished carpentry. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've kind of, be, I guess I'm well known for that. <laughs> well, that's great background for what you do, because when you're the trim carpenter, you're following so many different trades and seeing all their screw ups, really, right? It. It is, you know what, just getting a little bit of experience in everything gives you so much better understanding and perspective uh, of everything going on around you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard because you. I don't think you necessarily, it's the most profitable thing to do initially to be a generalist because you don't get good at any one thing, but it's a great foundation to build on. Always uh, so try to I, tell everybody to, to to start if they want to get really really get into it. You need to start in warranty, so you get a little bit of experience <laughs> in everything. I'm being serious too. Yep. You get a little bit of experience in everything, and you see you see all the shit that happens and everything that goes wrong, so you know how to not do that on the front end the next time. You know, yeah. So you get your feet. I worked. Wet. I worked for. Uh, a couple guys where we got a lot of experience. I got a lot of experience learning what, what not to do and how not to do things in there. One of them was for me. Yep. (laughs) Yep. And tearing into old houses too. You learn so much by, by tearing siding off and um, seeing the window leaks, seeing, you know, what's under a roof when you tear three layers mm-hmm. of shingles off and all that good stuff. Yeah. 
concrete that goes bad. You know, I've, I've seen, a, learned a lot of things. That's for sure. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I, uh, I've seen a lot of houses with wet walls and, you know, after you tear off the siding and things like that. And I, you know, we, we were tearing into a house, uh, an old house of ours that, uh, we moved back to Knoxville that was built in 1938. And, uh, you know, they just did the diagonal one by six and just put 15 pound felt over top of it. And the sucker was dry as a bone. Every bit, mm-hmm. every bit of it. And I was like, overhangs, folks. Overhangs. Every time. Mm-hmm. Overhangs and gutters. There you go. Yeah. Dry walls. So well, those house those old houses were so drafty that they could they could dry, right? There was no <laughs> air sealing in those, so the, everything just evaporated and dried. Yep. That's why all those all the old guys say your house needs to breathe. <laughs> that's, that's why you feel the wind when you're sitting in the living room at night. <laughs> Uh, it's just the wall. I'm, I'm curious. Just the wall's drying. <laughs> you guys, you're probably dealing with a lot of new exterior products that get, probably are giving you heartburn. I know some of the stuff we're seeing, you know, the things that clients want to put on the exterior of their house, they want the look, but it does not necessarily, you know, I'm in Indiana mm-hmm. in the Midwest. Um, it does not necessarily make sense. Right. Um, For sure. It, it's going to be interesting to see how things are holding up. A lot, we, a lot of we our don't clients see a lot of that in Tennessee. Yeah, go ahead. I, I was just saying we don't see a lot of that in Tennessee. I mean, most everything we see here in at least in Knoxville is very traditional. Um, we don't we don't see a lot a ton of modern stuff here. Thank thank God. We're starting to see a mix of modern and and you know traditional is what we've normally been doing, but a lot of our architects still spec natural materials like real cedar, um, slate roofs, um, you know, authentic stucco. Jamie always makes fun of me for saying authentic stucco because people (laughs) think drive it is stucco. So we kind of have to differentiate them. I don't know if you guys have had the issues with drive it that, that we've had around here and uh, torn a lot of it out. Yeah. We've torn, we've torn a lot of it out. It's EFIS. It's, it's synthetic stucco, Jamie. It's not authentic stucco. <laughs> it's not authentic. Huh? <laughs> yeah. A lot of it was installed on just styrofoam, and there was no WRB. They they said you had to install it right on the plywood. So people were installing it right on top of OSB, and it was just sucking up water and it had no way to dry and just mold everywhere. So, yeah. but authentic stucco I've torn a lot of it out i tore yeah. a lot of, i've torn a lot of it out when i worked for my dad and i've torn a lot of uh of uh old old um plywood siding remember the old plywood siding before smart side came along mm-hmm. like it was plywood on the back and then whatever it was on the front you know yeah there's a name for cedar mill CR extra. Or something or yeah i can't remember i've torn a lot of it off too that's why when SmartSide came around, the salesman was like, you got to try this stuff. And I was like, hell no. I've seen a lot of this stuff. <laughs> so he was like, just take a piece and do whatever you want with it. And let me know. And this will be this will be a free commercial for SmartSide here. I took, I went home and I took my trash can. I had one of those like 30-gallon or whatever trash cans. And I filled it halfway up with water. And, it's, and I cut like a four-foot piece off of it. And I just stuck it in there. Mm-hmm. And I just left it for like three weeks. And then I took it out and I let it sit. Nothing happened. It didn't get soft. Huh. Nothing. So I was like, okay. There you go. I'll use that. 
Yeah. That stuff gives me heartburn too. It just doesn't seem like right. it just doesn't seem like it, it, should it hold works, up. bro. It's like Appentech. I mean, it, it does work. Whatever I mean, chemicals in there is working. Work. And a hundred yeah. years from now, when we're all dying of lung cancer for what it's offering, <laughs> I got the third eye. Yeah. <laughs> okay, forget about that commercial. Yeah. Forget about that sponsorship. That one's that one's out. <laughs> Took that in the backyard and shot it. (laughs) Thanks, boys. Enough about that. So, Spencer, when you started trimming, what brought you to to trimming? What drove you there? What was the the impetus? It just you liked it the most, or was being creative, or what? What was it? I I had probably a knack for it, and before I went on my own and started my business, I had spent about three years in a a mill, we called it the mill room, was, uh, a shop at a lumber yard. Um, so I was doing everything in a shop. I worked in a shop every day. So that was kind of my gravitation was towards the detailed stuff. Then I started my own business, did remodeling for probably two or three years and um, built up a client list. And one of my clients reached out to me and asked if I would have an interest in helping trim a house. And, um, it wasn't, it was still the biggest trim package that I've worked on to date still was my first job. Um, what it was is it was, it was a builder that was basically, they were in way over their head. Um, they managed to sell a job, but they did not have the sub pool to, to do it. And, um, it was so big that you nobody who was a subcontractor could do it because it was going to pull you away from your main builders for, for four months, you know? So they were reaching out to different people trying to just find carpenters who could work on this house. And I, um, it was a lake house on, on Lake Wawasee um, here in Indiana, which is probably the, the highest end real estate lake in Indiana. Um, it was two lots. I think each lot was like a million bucks, which in Indiana, that's a lot. Um, I don't know square footage. It wasn't- How many doors? That insane? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> probably 50. Uh, I don't house. know. <laughs> uh, at, yeah. at least 40. Um it's probably a the, six the, or seven thousand square foot house, yeah. wouldn't you think? I I bet it was closer to ten. Really? Probably bigger, yeah. Big room, yeah. A lot of doors, forty doors, a lot of doors. Um, but I would say the labor and material on that job, which again, this is almost a decade ago, was at a quarter oh. million. So that's that's a big trim package in yeah. Indiana. It's a big trim and, package in a lot of places. Yeah. Yeah. So I spent four months there and I was one of multiple subcontractors there. Um, so it, it was a ton of work, but basically after that point I had like, it was in my blood. I never wanted to do anything else again. So what did they do? Did they, um, did they hire multiple trim guys and then say, Spencer, you take this wing and you know, Roy, you take this wing and you know, yep. Okay. That's exactly how it happened. I would say it started out, there was three different subcontractor businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of started out as each of us kind of took a floor. And as they got to know me better, I kept trying to grab more and more of the higher end details. 
Um, so basically I was, I was trying to do all the hard stuff and it was interesting because like one of the other subcontractors in particular that was there, he'd been doing it for probably 20 years and he just didn't want to do anything. <laughs> uh, all he wanted to do was base and case. So right. I was like, I'll he do the wrong play. all this other. Yeah. Um, I'll do all this other stuff. So that's what I did. And I, I built a portfolio on that job of stuff that I, I had done at that point. I got my name out to the lumber yard who was supplying the millwork. I got my name out to an interior designer. Um, and from there I acquired a couple other builders and I know you guys know Al. So who? Yep. <laughs> Al <Hammond. laughs> Shout out to yeah. Al. So, yeah. For those who are listening, you guys are in the same builder 20 group with the main builder that I work for. Yep. Um, so Al was the third builder that I worked for. So he, wow. he kind of came along right in that same first probably year or so uh, that I, I started trimming for him. What year was this, Spencer? It's getting close to a decade ago. Okay. So you guys I've, have been going that I've, almost, I've almost been with Al wow. for a decade. Wow. It's been, I think, at, at least eight years now. Um, That's cool. But I'm... I've been with him longer than any of his employees and I've been with him longer than any subcontractor except one, his framers, his framer frame for Al's dad. That's awesome. Um, I think he told us that. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. So that's funny. my framer frame for a, my dad, that's what we, I think we talked about that okay. on the podcast. <laughs> so when yeah. you start, that's your first job, this huge house where there's multiple subcontractors. It's kind of, like the perfect job to get when you're starting off your own trimming, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. Who else did that? Yeah. We had another person on the podcast that kind of did that. Uh, the door. Was it Casey Kniff? It was the door. Yeah. The door. The door. Casey. Yeah. Six, eight. He's a door. Casey. <laughs> it was funny. So Casey is looking for a new van. He He's trying to move from his truck to a new van. So mm-hmm. I, I was actually, I've been DMing back and forth with him the last couple of days because he wants to get a van like mine and he's trying to figure out if he'll be able to fit in it or not. <laughs> <laughs> How tall are you, Spencer? I'm 5'10". <laughs> um, You're like, I mean, it fits me great. So like I put the seat all the way back and I kind of tried to imagine, okay, like if my legs were like... <laughs> Four inches longer. Yeah, I think it'd fit. It'd be all right. <laughs> it'd be fine. Just buy it. <laughs> but uh, so that job, the interesting thing with that job, my first job there, it was time and material, which is not how this industry works at all. It's not how trim subcontracting works in Indiana. So I had no clue at that point in time, you know, linear feet pricing on anything. Um, so it was kind of just like an open checkbook. I could just have fun and install all this awesome millwork. And I really didn't have to worry about anything. I wasn't, they were paying me, um, 50 bucks an hour. So it wasn't, again, it's almost, almost a decade ago. So I wasn't making bank, but I wasn't going broke yeah. either. Yeah. yeah that's good. So it was, it was great. Just a great portfolio were you builder. Keeping track of your um, time for each thing. Like, all right, I'm doing... 200 feet of crown here. I'm going to kind of time myself. So I know how to price and were you doing that or no? 
So on that house, the millwork was so extravagant. There was, there was basically no point because it wasn't anything really. What's that? How many pieces of crown? There was a lot of crown and it was a seven and a quarter inch crown that had a, a 60, 40 spring angle. So it, uh, it was big. You you couldn't hardly cut it on a 12 inch miter saw. Um, if I remember right at that point in time, I think I was using a Capex and the Capex, the festival Capex was not big enough to actually cut the crown. Was it finger jointed poplar or was it MDF or was it, well, I hope it was good stuff. Interestingly, it was poplar, but they stained everything a dark stain in that house. Almost everything was stained a dark stain. So it was not finger jointed poplar, Mike. (laughs) I always uh, DM Spencer back and forth when I uh, pick up my trim from my mill guy because it's all solid. And every time I see Spencer post and it's finger jointed, so we razz each other a bit. snob yeah so then my next builder after that who contacted me um he got my name from an interior the interior designer who did that house and he wanted me to do this job for him and i was like i don't know what to charge and and he basically told me what his trim guy charged um he just charges me a quarter a foot it you know it's great (laughs) Well, seriously, I didn't, I didn't know he, he, he is a a guy with integrity. So he wasn't feeding me a line of crap, but just to give you an idea at that point in time, it, he, his other trim guy was charging 60 cents a square foot for base case and doors. Um, so I started trimming charging 60 cents a square foot for base case and doors and people wonder, like, well, how do you get fast? Well, you kind of have to get fast. <laughs> yeah. You start, yeah. You're you doing fast. the math. I'm like, uh... cents a square foot. That's how you get fast. <laughs> yeah. When, you, when your stomach so starts from, growling. From that's there, how you I get s- fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. So how did you figure kinda... out, um, you know, I know there's there's a bunch of guys that I feel like, here there's a bunch of guys that are going on their own because there's just so much work here. And I think they, you know, they are in the same boat. They don't know what to charge on. A, I mean, I just had one ask me like, I don't really know what to charge on this. Um, and I mean, he's lucky. I'm not like, yeah, just a hundred bucks. That's great. Um, mm-hmm. How did you learn and how did you grow? What was the process that you went through to grow, to learn how to charge and, you know, how long this was going to take you? What was the process? I get this question from guys messaging me constantly asking this question. And I, I tell everybody, you just have to take a stab at it and figure it out. Nobody can do it for you. Your business is not like anybody else's business. Your market is not like anybody else's market. You got to figure out, you just, you just got to record your data, you know, get a job. You're going to lose money on jobs you're gonna lose jobs because you were too high and you just got to figure it out um it's a rite of passage are like you know i I saw al's uh or you know hamid's post today and it said it said something like spencer strikes again or something you know on a library like that those are the hard things to price 
you know, a house mm-hmm. that's just base case and crown, you know, the, the, the main living areas is you can figure that out really quickly. But when you have like a library like that, it's pretty hard to learn that. Like, what is this worth? And the thing that you have to do is whenever you start out doing those more production or semi-custom homes, you need to record what you're doing and figure out, okay, what is my average time per piece of trim? So Mm. like I can tell you on a case opening, it's usually you can average, you know, five minutes per piece for each piece of the jam leg and, and casing because I've done it, you know, so many times. And whenever you're doing window headers and stuff like that, it's about the same thing, five minutes a, a piece. And you get a feel for, okay, it takes five minutes a piece for something like that. Well, then you get a job where you they want tongue and groove installed on a cathedral ceiling. And so you do a, a job like that and you time it. And after you're done, you count the pieces and you figure out, oh, it's 15 minutes a piece when I'm installing a piece of trim on a cathedral ceiling. And then when you build up to these houses that are super complex and you get those modern details where most people look at them and it's like, I have not a clue in the world what kind of number to put on this. What you can do is you can break it down. Okay. How many pieces am I applying here? How many, you know, is it on the ceiling? Is it on the wall? And if you break it down, you can actually get, decently close on on your your pricing and on your time so that that's kind of the approach i take but i will say more and more like with al we're doing more and more of these houses that it is sometimes it's just you just got to guess and mm-hmm. throw a number at it and hope there's, for the best there's no place and, you can look oh, up how to install a waterfall with like a winch <laughs> no <laughs> you know funny Funny thing, you know, Al and I have, we've got a long standing relationship. And so whenever they said, Hey, we got a waterfall shipping up here from Florida, we're 70 grand. What, what do you guys think I charged him to install that? Wow. <laughs> $70,000 for two waterfalls. What would you charge to install $140,000 books? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. I think that's Jamie. I think you said it there. I think I was about like I just said like eh, sixteen hundred, eighteen hundred. Not do that about two days. Day and a half, no problem. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I figured. I was like, ah, I can do this in a day, and if it really yeah. goes south, maybe two days max. Whatever, <laughs> you know? whatever you're thinking, I'll just divide that by four. That's what I'll do it for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that is that is. But, but what you were saying earlier about you know time yourself per piece. That information yeah. is gold to guys just starting out or kids just starting that's, out. That's so it is. If you're just starting there's a couple out, pieces here, out. yeah. Get in, get your portfolio. You got to try yeah. it and then track your pieces. That's really good that's advice. Great advice. Yep. Especially young guys that are starting in out. In fact, rewind it, listen to that again, and <laughs> yeah. then come back here. Or subscribe yeah. to Inside yeah. Carpentry on YouTube. <laughs> it's got a YouTube channel too. No, that's the and for like for the baseboard. I I even recorded it so well that I had pricing where I could price it per linear feet. I could price it per piece and I could break it down and price it per square foot. Yeah. Um, because you turn it into a science and like, right. Eventually you realize like, Oh wait, there's actually way, because in my market, the homes I was doing at first, everyone wanted 
the subcontractor to bill per square foot. And you realize, well, a second floor has way more cuts. More walls, yeah. Yeah, way more pieces of trim and more linear feet of baseboard than a basement. Because most basements around here, it's more of an open, open, yeah. yeah. Um, And you only learn that by experience, by doing it. Yeah, yeah. So... And part of the reason you have to learn it is because you're not making money. <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> and you no, have to realize like, learned. why am yeah. I not making money? And, and I had to learn that as I, as I went from more of the lower end, like I never really did true production, but I did kind of that line between production and semi-custom. Mm-hmm. And then whenever you jump to a really custom home, like the number of windows, there's way more windows, there's more doors the windows are bigger. The windows are higher off the floor. There's more pieces in the window. Yeah. If you take the same approach to charge for, for these highly custom homes, as you do production homes, you're going to, you're, you're going to be in a bad place. Yep. So live and learn. Yeah. You got to ask a lot of questions too. I would say, I mean, the guys that get their pricing, right. Um, at least seeing from the builder side are the guys that ask the most questions. You know, they want to, they mm-hmm. want to know exactly what's going in it. Is it, you know, stain grade? Is it paint grade? Those are obvious questions, but, um, they want to know about expectations from the client. They want to know speed, like how quickly are you expecting me to have this done? They want to know about the schedule. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's a whole lot of things that you got to know, you know, it's hard. And the ones that ask the most I mean, questions. My trim carpentry, trim carpenter has been working with me for a long time and he's been trimming for longer than I'd been building, I think. And I still don't get a proposal from him on my houses. Like I asked him blue in the face. I'll never get a proposal. I'll take care <laughs> of you, Mike. You know, yeah. you know, I'm honest, Mike, I'll take care of you. And like, I got a couple of, those I mean, he, and he does, don't get me wrong. Cause I have, I have to guess yeah. what that house is going to cost to trim. And it's, Oh man. So he's making yeah. you do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nervous too. Yeah. And so I would love to you? have a broken down proposal. I don't care if it's by opening. I don't care if it's by linear foot or square foot. I would just love to have something. So, I mean, luckily I have experience doing these houses. That's the only way I can get the yeah. budget right. Yeah, you have yeah. the information. Yeah. My guy and I worked out Last house. a trim price list together. When we broke it down, I mean, we broke it down as far as we could. You know, is it a piece of base with a base cap? How many pieces of, of crown? How much per piece per linear foot? I mean, in that way, he's like, I don't have to give you a proposal for everything. You just calculate your footage or you let your your supplier calculate your footage and then you'll have my price. And <laughs> it worked out I, great. That is not I wouldn't I do that either. <laughs> if I was a trimmer, I wouldn't do that. He does. And it works out great. I mean, he makes money. Um, and, uh, I always know what to put in there. Yeah. I've, I've heard of guys doing that. I mean, the way I do it, um, in QuickBooks, I've got my template and I have unit pricing, you know, per door, per window, mm-hmm. um, per linear feet of base. And the way I do it, I have a group item that for, for each floor where, and so I'll click on my first floor basic trim package group. And that has probably 20 line items. Pretty much everything I've ever encountered could be an arched arched casing, 
mole strips, jam switches, like everything is there. So I count, count everything up. I plug it in to that template, but then what the builder actually sees whenever they get my, my quote is just one line item for first floor, uh, basic yeah, trim. Don't, don't give away your secrets to Al. He's listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, he knows. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, but I, I've never been comfortable giving like the real detailed stuff no. because I have, I have wake, worked way too hard to come up with my own price. Yeah. yeah. That I'm not, I'm not, yeah, totally. I'm not just going to put it right there where it can be emailed off to somebody else or, you it know, it, right. It will be. And, and then there's also just the factor that the, sometimes the more detail you have, the more you can nitpick stuff. Yep. And that, builder doesn't necessarily understand the things that I'm seeing. So for example, on whenever I'm doing my window count, if I have a large window, I count it as two windows, could even be three windows sometimes. And because it takes longer to trim a big window than it does a small window, you know? So there's, there's little nuances that I do like that as well. Whenever I'm quoting that, that are beyond just counting stuff. You talk you about know? details. Right. I'll go out on a limb here and I'd say, I think you're probably the only trim carpenter that actually uses SketchUp and designs things in SketchUp, <laughs> which I find amazing. Yeah. And yeah. And Al, Al knows you spoiled. Yeah. That's good that he hears that from other builders. You <laughs> <laughs> should know after do. Yeah, we just we're start we're starting a house. Um, it's a it's a real nice lake house coming up in a couple months, and they they had a couple details, some bunk beds, and uh, a really complex feature wall with hidden doors. Where I had to draw it up in SketchUp because they need the client to see what's being proposed, and we need to get an approval on the design and on the price. And it goes back to that you know, that communication piece that if, if you're not communicating clearly, you put yourself in a really vulnerable position, Mm -hmm. but I don't like drawing stuff up in SketchUp, but sometimes I have to. And Al has, um, a great in-house design lady. She draws up most of the details in SketchUp and creates a, a trim spec packet. That's really good. I usually only draw stuff for the client whenever it's something that only I'm going to understand how I want to build it. So in that case, sometimes I hate doing it because I'd rather be actually building stuff, but sometimes it's just worth it for me to say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I know it's going to be better if I just, that definitely works better. Um, Probably hurt. Yeah. It helps you in the field. Yeah. It works better than a pencil yeah, sketch up it, on the drywall, right where the <laughs> the bed, the bunk beds are going to go. Because that's how we did it on a project. We asked that probably five or six different versions on the wall and talking to the homeowners. So this is what it's going to look like. So I'm curious with you guys on your trim, whenever you're having these clients that they want these different details, do you ever get in a pinch with them whenever what you build is different from what they envision and they see it after it's already done. And they're like, eh, I don't want to pay for that. 
or rip it out. Do you get that after you after they seen drawings, or is this they don't get drawings? They yes, they get drawings and they have to approve those drawings yeah. in Builder Trend before we will yeah, do yeah, anything. Yeah. We do the same thing. We make them initial. It act. We get a DocuSign for it and everything. Actually, now uh, for those reasons, <laughs> but since since then, I mean. I can say we've done it once and they actually agreed to pay for the tear out and, you know, and redo. Yeah. I don't think we're doing anything intricate enough to have them not understand what we're doing out here. We're doing a lot okay. of modern, very little trim. I mean, maybe it's some crown, maybe it's some wainscoting, but we do, we'll do mock-ups in the yeah. field. Mm-hmm. That's so everybody can kind of see what it is if it's intricate, but we do too. we're not Pictures doing Pictures are worth a thousand words too. Half is so I'll go into to Google slides yep. and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll scour the internet or scour, scour our pictures for what that's going to look like and just put like seven or eight different pictures yeah. into one presentation, like a lookbook or whatever you want to call it. And that seems to convey. Mm-hmm. It's called idea. a, called a PowerPoint presentation, Mike. Oh, that's good. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> write that down. That's something I think that we, <clears throat> you know, going back to whenever I started working for Al, you know, starting out, we did, we were not doing that stuff at that level. It's just been a long process of learning the hard way mm-hmm. with clients. Um, and we're at where we're at now, where it's just like, they're, they're going to get a, a fairly detailed rendering to approve or kind of like Mike said, we'll do pictures sometimes, mm-hmm. but that all gets put into a, a, a packet basically yeah. for each house where, where they see exactly what they're getting and, and it gets, we do it reverse. We do picture. We, we, we have them kind of build a, uh, like a Pinterest board or, you know, wherever they're getting their stuff, house, Pinterest, whatever. And they give all that stuff to us. And then we have our drafter draw it, you know, based off of what they like. And then we try to change as much as we can on the front end. You know, here's how it's going to look. And, um, we've only had one really hate it, but they also said, I mean, they were great clients and they also said, no, we, we've changed our minds. Let's rip it out and we'll pay for it. Like we mm-hmm. didn't understand mm-hmm. and now we do. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And sometimes that can happen too. I mean, legitimately, I mean, it it's an imperfect world mm-hmm. we live in and sometimes it is hard to visualize things yeah. you know sometimes i i do and been doing this you know a pretty long time and sometimes i don't know how my stuff's going to turn yeah. out <laughs> with you know yeah, that's that's the nature of the beast <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to that al <laughs> but it really is you know whenever you're going to push the limits of of design and if you if you want to be kind of a i don't know what the right word is not a thought leader but you know yeah. doing unique stuff you're going to be doing some stuff that hasn't been done before i find that and, modern yeah. stuff lends that lends that more than anything you know traditional stuff you can always add something to dress it up like if you don't know how it's going to go you can add a piece and it and it does more for it than it would have done without it but modern and you're going so minimal everything it can be yeah. really everything really has difficult. to be thought out way ahead of time yeah like the flush base with the shadow gap 
I know we've talked yeah. a bunch of times about that, Spencer. Mm-hmm. And the way I did it in the last house, yeah. I probably would change the process on the next house I do it on. I've done it five different ways yeah. so far. <laughs> <laughs> I think I finally figured it out. Thank God I haven't had to do one of those. Yeah. Most people here are pretty traditional. When they say modern, it's like, we're going to go really modern. Square we're shoe. Flat stock. <laughs> yeah. Square shoe, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We're so modern. We just did a, we just did a trick riglet down to the floor, it's like a three-quarter black, and the drywall comes into that. But getting that connection perfect, we had to put the floors in before the drywall, drop the riglet on top of that. Oh, my it's, gosh. Uh, yeah. yeah, everything's going backwards. Kind of, it's, uh, the modern what, stuff, modern yeah. detail's what tough. Kind of There's just no... You can't hide anything with the trim. Yeah, everything's got what kind of floors jams to the floors. What What's kind that? of floors did you put in before drywall? This white plate coat pre-finished. Pre-finish. Else, you're covered. Oh man. Oh, oh. dude, before oh. drywall. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, and then everybody's you know you're waiting for the floor guys and everything. You guys know. I've got- it looks awesome. It came out great. And then you're in there painting that thing black. That little line. The walls are white and that shallow line's black. Painter love that. We're going white, right? It's like, nah, it's going to be black, bro. Uh, <laughs> man, I yeah. almost vomited right there just from anxiety. Oh, yeah. It looks sharp. It looks Four good. Man, it's a lot of work to get that right. It looks like it's nothing. Oh, there's no trim in this house. It's going to no, be easy. It's... Nope. <laughs> just like yeah, I've had clients say, we don't want casing on our windows. We're going to do drywall returns. So we should save money, right? No. Yeah. Nope. It's equal <laughs> no. amount of labor. It probably no. more labor because you got to go through all the more openings. Labor. You got to square them. You got to plumb mm-hmm. them. You got to make sure the reveals are right. Yeah, got to be perfect. Everything's just just tight reveals. Yeah, we tight. just did. Um, so this lake house that I was just talking about um, had to, all the windows are getting drywall returns. It was fifty windows oh. in in that house and my employee he was there for almost a week just shimming for windows. the windows yeah getting them prepped so they all look good yeah. and i tell you we did it one house um without doing that prep and mm-hmm. never nope. again you nope. can't you cannot do that do you ever um, my won't even do you ever do uh frame walks for the builder always always yeah i saw you were doing that yeah i had my trim guy do a frame walk a couple houses ago and i will never not do it again it's a good idea i i think i saw or i heard on the last podcast you said though he didn't he just marked the doors that needed fixed i'd tell him to get his (laughs) sledgehammer out and fix them he made the framer he made the framer do it i mean which you should have a relationship you should do it that way yeah it should be you should mark it oh i just take care of it I was thinking Best about it. Sledge. I was thinking about it though, and I was like, you know what? That actually makes sense. If you wanted to get the framer to actually do it right the first time, that's make why them I did come it. Back and yeah. fix all of and them. Okay, they they yeah. do know each other. They have a great relationship, so it's not like he was like, "F you," you know. <laughs> they know each other. He they all them. work for me directly, and they all say "F you." <laughs> <laughs> Everybody blames everybody. I didn't. I didn't frame this wall. That guy but did the that. Next the next guy's going, "Well, I didn't that frame that it." Boxing that match you were telling us about. Better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. And my Jesus. my trim guy, my trim guy, uh, I've had build stairs a couple of times. Have you done that? Like he frames my stairs a couple, like on certain houses. If it's just a straight shot, he doesn't care. But um, he's framed a couple of stairs. I have for me. not, but I have had to get. I have had to actually draw stairs up in SketchUp 
exactly how they needed to be done so that the framer would frame them correctly. Well, I have yeah. had to do He's that. He has said it's and, easier for him to just spend a day and come in and do it than have a day fixing and then a day, you know, installing. Yeah. I've gotten so good at fixing stairs. It just doesn't, <laughs> like, I just, it's almost more normal that I have to correct yeah. rises and runs. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. I would say 75%, if not 90% of the stairs, I have to correct rises and runs on. So I don't think I still like, there's nothing I hate more than having to get pulled off of a trim mm -hmm. job to go do some other dumb thing. Right. Because all my tools are out and everything, so you saying I'm dumb as much <laughs> no, <laughs> but as much as possible, I'm trying to avoid letting scope creep because the thing with it being a trim guy is I think that most of us are problem solvers or mm -hmm. a lot of us are, and it's so easy from all these different sub trades to kick stuff down the road to the to the trim guy and before you know it you're doing i'm doing framing stuff at framing stage i'm doing drywall right. prep because the drywallers can't do it i'm marking water lines because the plumber doesn't care um yep. you know just about everything oh, before you know it i'm like i'm looking at okay where am i spending all my time yep. and 25 percent of it is doing stuff that's not even trim you know so yep. That's why I keep it all under one house. So Spencer, <laughs> stuck doing it. Well, we hey, do it all. So yeah. Spencer, do it all. beyond being an experienced trim carpenter, you're also, in my opinion, an excellent teacher. You started this YouTube page, Insider Carpentry, which I learn a ton of stuff from your from your YouTube page, and I've been in this business quite a while. Uh, what? When did you have the confidence to actually start? recording yourself and say, I'm going to, I'm going to publish this. I'm going to post this online. How did that come about? Um, you know, it's interesting. So it, I got to go back to when I, I started on Instagram. Shoot. I've probably been on Instagram for at least six years, if not seven years. And that's, that's where I was, was first. And I had not really any confidence. I had a different screen name. It wasn't my name, my real name. It wasn't my business. And I basically got on just because I enjoyed learning and rubbing shoulders with other carpenters. And it was a place where I could go and I could share anything related to work. And I didn't, no one knew it was me. Uh, builders didn't know it was me. You know, none of the people in real life I knew knew it was me. I was just some carpenter dude out in the Instagram verse. And um, I would just share stuff, learn stuff, talk back and forth. And it just or organically grew. And um, it, it's one of those things where I think we all have a level of imposter syndrome and we just don't recognize the the knowledge and the gifts that we actually do have, because we think everyone has that, you know, everyone's worked as hard as I have everyone, you know, everyone else has more experience than me, but it's actually not true in a lot of cases. And that's kind of how it was for me. I thought everyone knew more than me and it wasn't necessarily the case, but anyways, Instagram, my account grew and grew and I kind of embraced sharing things more and more over time. And it got to the point where I was just getting 
messages and comments daily uh, where guys were asking for more, you know, Mm -hmm. you should do more, more videos, more, more YouTube. So it was that. And then it was the combination of my own pain points as a business owner, knowing how hard it is to get guys that know that have skills it was also knowing how hard I had to work to acquire this knowledge. You know, I was, I'm a very odd duck in that I spent just tons of time just learning because I enjoyed learning, you know, scouring forums online, watching videos and stuff like that to get to where I was at and realizing like, should every guy who wants to have a career in this trade have to spend that much time trying to find this information and trying to find the right ways to do things. And, and, and so it was a a combination of all these things that was kind of like, you know, I really need to do something more. And that's, that's kind of where the YouTube was birthed, I guess it was, I thought I could do something that would make a difference. I wasn't sure I could, uh, I, I wasn't sure, you know, that it would, that it would go, that it would grow or whatever, but, um, I definitely felt like I needed to try and in the back of my mind, even if it's like, you know what, even if it doesn't grow, then at least I still have the videos to teach my own right. people. Yep. Well, um, it has, it has made so a difference. It's a good way to it look has at made it. a difference and, uh, yep. it's a very selfless type of thing to do. You know, you're, you're sharing all that knowledge that you worked hard for. Yeah. And you're sharing it with everybody. So that, I mean, that's off. Yeah, that's you. a word I was going to use. Uh, yep. I've always been an idealist <laughs> uh, to a fault a lot of times. Uh, it's got me in trouble a lot in life in different ways. Um, but yeah, being an idealist, I definitely, thinking that you have the ability to change the world and that the world can be changed, that is necessary if you if you want to do something like well, that. Well, we're in the middle of this, of this, um, we're, we're, we're kind of at our age, we're kind of in the middle of this. There's builders out there still in, uh, still in business that are of the mind of don't share anything. Don't share subs. Don't share anything with anybody that's going to ever have a competition with me or don't share anything with how I do anything whatsoever because it might crush my business to uh, this generation that shares everything and overshares everything because they grew up with social media. Right. So, but I think, but I think, uh, you know, I love this whole collaboration over competition thing because what else are we going to do to grow our industry? Right. I mean, there's guys out there trying to learn. And if they can't get out there and learn without working for the right person and, you know, then what are they going to do? They're going to leave our industry and they're not going to come back and our industry is going to continue to suffer. So I, I mean, I personally love what you do and, and several people on Instagram that do what you do and share and say, this is because it's not just going out to your competition. It's going out. It's going out all over the all over America and you know, it's helping people here in Knoxville. It's helping people in Chicago. It's helping people in half moon Bay. 
um, it's helping people all over the place. So, I mean, we are all appreciative of the knowledge that you share that you've gained by your own experience. Yeah. I mean, it's, as you were talking, like I was just thinking back the, the job that I had before I started my own business was, um, you know, the mill shop and I was making $13 and 50 cents an hour. <laughs> and you, at that point I had been in the trades for 10 years. Wow. I mean, that's, that's a problem, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it wasn't that I was a lazy guy. It wasn't that I was a guy that wasn't trying to learn. I didn't have the, the business acumen at that point. Um, but it's like, it should not be this difficult to make a living in this trade. And if I can, if I can, it really, um, gives a lot of meaning and purpose to my life. If I know I can help somebody else not have to struggle through it the way that I did, um, that they can have a better living, that, that somehow sharing how to do something makes them more productive, which allows them to spend more time at home with their family, um, that they're able to maximize their God given gifts to a higher level. Um, you know, I, I get a lot of meaning and purpose out of that. So. I think that's the nuts and bolts of a lot of successful accounts. He's, he's preaching now. These guys who are just selfless and doing <laughs> things just to do them and yeah, you know, with nothing in return. And those, those, those accounts really succeed. Yeah. Yeah. You have to love it. And yeah, the, the thing is, is there's a lot of guys who start, you know, kind of try to do, you know, a YouTube channel or, or something like that. And you can kind of tell that the underlying motivation is way more monetary than it is right. just a, a passion project. And, yeah. And you can usually sense that. And usually those don't, don't take off. Yeah. Um, and I've been making videos, you know, for, on YouTube, it's been over four years now. I've got over 200 videos on YouTube and I can tell you that that is a grind and if you yeah. don't, if you don't love it and if you don't, if you aren't doing that work out of, um, you know, a place that's deep inside you and the core of what you believe and who you are, the, the money, um, I've been blessed that the, the money's good, but it's still, it's not going to keep you going. Right. Right. So, right. Well, we're all, I mean, we're all grateful for it. So, I mean, if, if anything, even if the money's not great, if that gives anything, there are so many of us out there that, you know, like Mike said, he learned something. I learned something. Um, there's a lot of guys out there starting out that learn something and take that to their business and grow and can feed their families. I mean, even off a short little tip, you know, off the short little tips that you give. So, I it's, mean, we are grateful. It's for like it. the cliff notes for trim carpentry. If you were going to go out it tomorrow, really is. you've had videos on what tools to buy. What to get? Yeah. I mean, what van to buy? How to build your yeah. shelves in your van? How to? I mean, <laughs> every detail is there. It's amazing. Yeah, that was kind of the mindset that I wanted to attack it as I. I didn't. I never wanted to have entertaining videos. My well, screwed up there was always more. I, yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy, and I know I'm not that guy. Um, 
but I just wanted to create a, a systematic video that was really dense where, where somebody could, could watch it and then they could understand the, the system and the process that they needed to do something, you know, effectively, whether that's door casing, install a door, whatever. And, and that goes back to even like, I want this for, this is the tool that I would want if I was starting out. And it's also the tool that I want to give my guys as they learn and improve their skills. Yeah. Well, you've, you've accomplished that for sure. I was going to say, I think you're doing it. I think you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because the, the guy who works for me now, um, uh, basically like two years ago, I got a text from a guy and he asked if he could stop at a job, my job site. I didn't know who he was or, or anything. And he just wanted to stop by and kind of introduce himself. But he had watched all my videos and he had been following me for a long time. And he happened to be working on a house um, down the street. And that's, that's how we met. And then I, I got so busy with Al. It's like, I, I need help. So I contacted him and I was just going to use him as a subcontractor. Um, ended up being that I saw that it was going to be a good fit for both of us if he just worked for me full time. But he already understands how I think. Right. And he, he already understands all, not all my processes, but like 90% of them. Um, because he's, he's watched he's been all this for a stuff. long time. And so it's kind of the, the proof that you can learn. You can really, really get a good start in this trade just by literally watching YouTube yeah. videos. Yeah. yeah, you can. You can. That's for sure. All right, Spencer. So we do the this or that. I'm sure you are familiar with that. Sure, term. So. I'm a little scared of the this or that. I heard last week's and there was some deep this or that. <laughs> well, buckle up, Buttercup. <laughs> Staying out of this one. We got a All text right. today. This, but I got some good ones. <laughs> yeah, Mike's, Mike's real excited. All right, we'll start off. We'll start off light. Install a pocket door or a three-piece crown. Three-piece crown. Hands down. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. YouTube or Instagram. Oh man, that's tough. The community for Instagram, the education for YouTube. I can't pick. Okay, we'll let you away with that one. Pick one: a hoodie or New Balance sneakers. New Balance. <laughs> <laughs> Flour tortilla or corn tortilla. Corn. Okay. Oh wow! Clean up as you cook, or clean up at the end. Clean up at the end. Lose sleep or skip a meal? Skip a meal. Short par five or a short par three? Short par five. (laughs) (laughs) Would you rather never be stuck in traffic again or never get another cold? Never get another cold. (laughs) Would you rather be half your height or double your weight? Half my head. Oh my god, that's a terrible. <laughs> five ten. Yeah, right. three feet tall. <laughs> I won't be able to reach the door handle. Uh, beer or whiskey? 
beer. You're going to need a beer for this question. Oh, and this boy. is literally, you know, would you rather speak out of your butt or fart out of your mouth? <laughs> oh, I'm going to go speak okay. out of my butt. <laughs> he didn't even think that hard. Yeah, like, I'm wow. pretty sure I know some people that can do that already. <laughs> Good answer. Uh, would you rather go back in time to meet your ancestors or go into the future to meet your great grandchildren? Oh man, I think I'd actually rather go back in time. I think that would be really interesting. Good. Would you rather trim a house? Whether they speak out of their butt or not? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I said, see whether they speak out of their butt or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe I don't want to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Would you rather trim a house in all pine trim, nailing everything off by hand, or mortise 40 doors with just a hammer and chisel? Oh, you pine trim, I got a gut ache. I'm going to say mortise doors. All right, let's see. What do we have here? Would you rather have hands for feet or feet for hands? (laughs) Hands for feet. Hands for feet. All right. Good answer. Yeah, you'd be a monkey. <laughs> Would you rather live right next to a huge stadium or the airport? Airport. Oh. Would you rather have a dog that looks like a baby or a baby that looks like a dog? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a dog that looks okay. like a baby. Would you rather hike to a mountain peak or take a deep dive to the bottom of the ocean? I'll go with a mountain peak. Okay. All right. This is the last one here. Would you rather show up to the job site in a bikini or show up to a family (laughs) Christmas dinner dressed in drag? (laughs) Oh, Oh, my goodness. Tough one. I'll go with a family dinner okay. and drag. <laughs> all right, then send us some pictures. Yeah. <laughs> got my Christmas card. Right, that's all I got. Golf pencil or carpenter pencil? Oh man, I guess carpenter pencil. But I'm I'm. It's it's pretty funny. I'm real strict on using mechanical pencils. Yeah. I cannot stand how long it takes to sharpen a pencil. Wow. <laughs> it's funny. Like a couple weeks ago, um, the guy who works for me, he's, he's a wood pencil guy. And it like it, you know, I, I am a like production guru and I don't like, I count my seconds. I count my steps. And every time he's sitting there whittling on a pencil, pencil. I'm I'm getting anxiety. And I told him a couple of weeks ago, is like, um, you're gonna be needing to get in some mechanical pencils. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'm actually gonna get him a box. Actually, I literally bought him today. I bought him a box of twelve mechanical pencils go. for Christmas. <laughs> he's like he's like, All right, you start sharpening your pencil, go. Done. <laughs> yeah. Well, that and so many times, you know, you're holding something with one hand yeah. and, you know, you get out a wood pencil and the lead's broke and, you know, like, yeah, you can't be doing pain. that. Just get a mechanical pencil. He's too efficient for that. So what does Spencer <laughs> Lewis do for fun? I know you're a golfer. Tell me about your golf game. 
golf has been a big thing over the last um, probably three years now. I kind of, I worked my butt off. Um, you guys can probably relate. Work was my, you know, I enjoyed work and I just needed to work. It was that simple running a business. So I did pretty much nothing but work for a long time. And uh, I golfed in high school. I worked at a golf course whenever I was a young kid. Um, so I, I picked it back up again a few years ago and play, play quite a bit of golf. Um, that's my main hobby though. What's in the bag. And then I feel like once I got, uh, (laughs) man, you put me on the spot. I can't remember. I just got new irons this year and all of a sudden I'm blanking on them. I had some Titleist, uh, T one hundreds and those didn't work out well for me. I got some That's Mizunos. I, got. I can't remember what I the model is. Cavity backs. I was playing bl- blades forever, but I got. Oof. I got twenty. Yeah. I probably have twenty yards more now with these cavity backs. Yeah. Yep. So I I enjoy golf quite a bit. How about you, Mike? What do you do? Oh, I used to golf. You probably don't have. I any used time. to golf a lot. <laughs> and kids got in the way of that, and uh, work got in the way of that, yeah. but. Uh, trying to get back into it a little bit i played with these guys when did we play the summer spring spring we had a so, little 20 so that's you call it we went we went out to uh the local course here and jamie nearly took my ankles out in the second hole what's <laughs> <laughs> <Good> up <job>, mike <laughs> heads up but i played in the school you know played competitively but I'm not that good anymore. So go out there for fun. That's what it's all about. And when you're out in the golf course, for at least for me, the stress, whatever stress I have just goes away, at least for four hours. You know, yeah. you're thinking you stress yeah. yourself out with the golf ball instead I, of building trades, but yeah, it's fun. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I do feel like though, um, personally, I feel like things are getting busier and, you know, I've been growing with the shop and having a guy, and I just kind of have a feeling that my my time golfing is going to taper off here well, again. Would you rather be in the shop or in the field, Spencer? That's a good question. I love being in the field, um, I but I also love my breaks where I just get to spend time in the shop. I think as I get older, I'll enjoy the shop more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still like going at it at, on the job site. Um, you know, I still, you know, fly up and down scaffolding all day and it doesn't bother me, but, uh, I think as I get older, the shop will be more appealing. Yeah. I can understand that for sure. All right, Spencer, when you, we always try to keep it right at an hour and not go all day. You want to (laughs) tell everybody where they can find you and all that stuff? Yeah, so you guys don't do the three-hour modern craftsman podcast. We do not. No, <laughs> no, we're not as quite as Sometimes. we're not quite yeah. as professional. Yeah. That's a long conversation. I'm, <laughs> I'm, it goes fast, but yeah, I feel like this conversation has flown yeah. by. Yeah, yeah. I've um, to I've listened hours, to yeah. all your modern craftsman podcasts, yeah. and they did fly. I mean, they were all like, super interesting. You can get really deep. I feel like on. Um, you know, talk and shop and more, more really hammer down on some subjects. So if you guys ever want to hammer down more, I'll come back and oh, get, we'll get you on here. Shop. Sure. We'll have some more, uh, we'll have some more yeah, butt questions can... for you. Button mouth questions. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. 
to see how deep <laughs> we, we, are. Are. <laughs> we are definitely the guys to go deep on everything <laughs> i i love you know I mean, mike and i we've talked on instagram back and forth for a long time you know but being able to to run just talk about how different builders do different things and, and stuff like you can just learn so much yeah, yeah. Um, it's a neat yeah, platform for sure. it, it really is yeah but zane to answer your question i'm on instagram insider carpentry youtube insider carpentry and on a job site in fort wayne indiana yeah, check him out for sure if you're not following if you're him. not following him he is a must follow yes on both if you're a trim carpenter you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not following. All right. Well, sure. I try to do it justice. <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys. I've, like I said, I I've, you. I've been a listener and I've enjoyed, uh, enjoyed listening along too. So keep up the appreciate good work. Means a lot coming from you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks. All right. Take care. All right. All right. See you, buddy. Would you rather speak out of your butt or fart out of your mouth?